Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. up hair peeps so we we just finished our podcast with uh the salon guy steve marinero and actually i think we owe an apology because we uh we promised that we weren't going to talk about gary v and i think all we talked about was gary v in the podcast yeah so uh for you guys uh who don't know who gary v is he yeah. is yeah uh-huh. he's he, he he has a podcast himself that uh that actually inspired this podcast. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, if you don't know Gary V, um, definitely check out his podcast called, um, oh, it's called Gary V, right? It's Gary Vanderchuk. I mean, he's just an entrepreneur and, um, he gives away a lot of, uh, a lot of information to entrepreneurs. So, um, you know, again, if you, if you're interested in Gary V and you should be because the guy's absolutely brilliant, you know, make sure that you, uh, you follow his podcast or follow his content. Yep. And we want to, uh, thank you, Mr. Salon Guy and thank you, Mr. Gary V. That's right. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey Gray, and of course, I'm sitting next to my buddy, Tony. What's up, Tony? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, uh, totally looking forward to uh, our boy today. Uh, me too, man. I um, I reached out to him a couple months ago, and uh, yeah, well, let me let me be super clear, right? So, um, for those of you who don't know, like, uh, Gary V is definitely the um, the instigator, I guess, for uh, for our podcast. You know, I, um, he says to do a podcast because the future is audio, so, you know, I... Uh, I took his advice, and now we, we we're off and running with it. So um, our guy's actually uh, he's pretty close to Gary V, or at least he has somewhat of a relationship. Yeah, no. When uh, when you were telling me about the podcast uh, at the end of the 2017 about starting one, and uh, you know you were talking how Gary V was the uh, the the motivation for you, yeah, and right? uh, and then as we were researching our guest list, uh, couldn't have been more perfect to have our guest today know, right? part of that, you know, it's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, our guest today, he, uh, his moniker is the, uh, the salon guy. And, but his real name is Stephen. Damn, I'm going to mess it up. Aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> you're already, you're already. Marinara. Marinara. Like the sauce, right? Yep. Like the sauce. <laughs> Marinara, like the sauce. Um, but anyways, incredibly cool. I want to get into the story, but Gary actually wrote about him in his latest book, crushing it. Um, which was released in January. I, I mean, that 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 that's just incredible. Because, uh, but before we get into all of that, yeah, right. Let's learn a little bit more about the salon guy. Yeah, you want to? Yep. Okay. There's... Cool. Uh, Steven Marinero, welcome to your day off. Thank you so much for having me, and good job on my last name, man. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a butcher job. You did pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I think uh, I said it yeah, exactly. <laughs> True. Yeah, this guy over here. You did yes. warn me you're going to mess it up, and you almost actually did. But <laughs> <laughs> I just chose not to say anything. Right? Silence. <laughs> I think it'll just be Stephen from here on out, or the salon guy. <laughs> the best is when I, I'll say, "And here's a guy who needs no introduction." And I just walk away. I don't say anything. 
<laughs> like literally no introduction. Yeah, exactly. I just walk away. <laughs> so, uh, Stephen, where are you from? I was born and raised in New Jersey, man. Oh, awesome, man. Yep. Talking about yep. the accent right up, right up north. That's right. And actually, the weather here is so weird. Between the nor'easters one day and then it being like 80 the next day, and then today it snowed, and now it's like it snowed for like two hours, and then it's like this weather is so weird over here, man. <laughs> That's crazy. It's the mid-Atlantic curse, I think, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're crushed or not. Um, that's cool, man. So from Jersey, so uh, you are a hair dude, right? Like, uh, like you came up doing hair and stuff. I'm a, over, you know, twenty plus year hairstylist, man. I started right out of high school back in '92, oh, and I went to beauty school from like '92 to '94. So I'm a, I'm a legit hairstylist, licensed in three different states. I've worked for two of the largest beauty companies in the world as an educator many years ago. Trained at Sassoon in London. Oh, so I have, a, I have a decent, you know, decent background as far as my expert, my experience. But yeah, I'm, I'm a full fledged hairstylist, man. <laughs> and you're still doing hair today? Yep, yep. I still am. I still am. Hey, he's still a homie, man. We don't have yeah. to get rid of him. Right. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> That's right, pretty so. awesome. Yep. So uh, tell us a little bit about like your trip to uh, becoming the salon guy. Like, um, like how did that come about, or you know, what'd you do, or you know, what's that story all about? So let's start way from the beginning. First thing, I was born. <laughs> no, uh, actually, after graduating high school, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And there was a girl who worked at a hair salon down the street from me in a strip mall. And there was like a pizzeria, a deli. And every time I walked by, I would happen to notice her and go, oh my gosh, she's like extremely attractive. <laughs> and back, th- back then, it wasn't considered stalking. It was just like checking someone out, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, after like, like a week, two weeks of seeing this woman, I was like, you know what? I need a job. I wasn't going to go to college. I had no interest in doing hair, but I wanted to meet her. So I walked in and when I got, when I actually met her, we both realized two things. I realized she wasn't nearly as attractive and she was about 30 years older than I was. (laughs) (laughs) And she probably was like, you're just a kid. Like what's going on here? Right. Um, But that is what introduced me into the salon industry. And you know, at the time I was like a nightclub DJ. I was doing a lot of different things. I was focusing more on that than a career. And, you know, I learned that you can actually go to school to become a hairstylist. And they had me like assisting and cleaning and washing hair. And I was like, you know, I'm not really doing anything. So I'll go to school for it. And then that is what really started my career. And it didn't come easy in the beginning. I wasn't used to doing hair or anything. So it was very, very challenging. Um, And then, you know, Fast forwarding to your your main question is what started the salon guy, you know, about nine and a half years ago, um, I was adopted and my mother who adopted me passed away, rest her soul. And this is this is a woman who basically like, you know, she was there for me. Like she adopted me sure. in her in her fifties and she was a widow and wow. raised me into a fully Italian family and you know very good upbringing, good values. And I was like, you know what, I want to do something in her memory, but I'm kind of I don't know what to do. So. I went onto YouTube, believe it or not, and I typed in motivational speeches and I came across Gary and he was doing a speech. It was like at some web 2.0 conference, which probably many of you have seen it. And his whole presentation just was very like striking to me. It caught my attention. It kind of shook me up a little bit. And he's like, stop doing shit you hate and, you know, get out there and you can, you can. And I was like, huh. And then I realized he had a book called crush it, which is what started the whole thing for me, the first book. And it, Step one, buy a video camera. Step two, start putting yourself out there. Step three, like I did everything step by step. And for like three or four years, 
you know, I put in the sweat equity, the hustle, not knowing how to make any money, building a brand up. And I started out by interviewing, you know, hairstylists and doing motivational videos. Right. It was a progressive journey, man, into how I actually can, built can, I, can I slow you down a little bit? I mean, like, yeah. you know, like, why are you the one percenter? You know, what, what do you think it was that, 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 that you were the one percent to actually carry through with, um, with, you know, with, with what Gary was, uh, was, was selling? And, you know, I think it's just in my nature. It's just how I was raised. Mm-hmm. I was raised just like, you know, making $1 an hour is better than making $0 an hour. Right. Always get out there. Don't sit on your butt. Just do something. You know, it's, it's so easy to do nothing. So I think it's just the mentality and the mindset of just how I was raised, man. And, and I've always, since a young age, I've always been intrigued by, you know, wiser people. And, and I think that's just, just, it's in you. I think it's, it's in the individual, you know? Right. Yeah, because Corey and I were talking earlier, and you know, there's a lot of people that are super talented, but they don't have that kind of drive, and so they don't really ever make anything of it. And uh, you know, but when you do have something and you do put in that kind of hard work, like you did, you get the results. I, I believe the way you got them. I mean, sure. if people look at your resume, it, especially when it comes to social media, it's quite impressive. Yeah, I mean, he was one of the first, uh, at least certainly one of the first hair dudes that I've seen on um, on YouTube. You know, there's a few out there now, but you know, I don't know. I mean, whenever you uh, put in hair in YouTube, you know, uh, his big head came up. You know, to show that. <laughs> That's right, the bald head, the bald guy doing hair tutorials on YouTube. <laughs> but, exactly. Um, okay, so you bought the book. You 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 did it step by step, right? So you didn't leave out any steps or anything. You didn't think you were too smart for the book. You were just like, this is the way. The this is. This is the uh, the map, right, to do it? Yeah, there was a roadmap. And, and also, it was so new. You know, YouTube, it just kind of started. And, you know, building a brand, branding, like, it was all new. So, and, I mean, it was just like Facebook, you know. Um, and Facebook at the time was, I remember hearing about it. It was only for college people, you know, college right. kids and stuff. So, it wasn't even about, like, branding and all that. But, you know, I think what really got me to where I'm at now is, being very focused. And I've also in different career things I've done in my career, I wasn't just a hairstylist. I left the industry and went to a whole different industry. And I, I've, I've worked so many different types of jobs. Right. I've learned how to be very strategic and I've learned how to be really focused and to not give up and to not be afraid and, and like nothing gets in my way and fear is not an option or failure is not an option. Like I have all these things that I, that drive me forward that mm-hmm. like literally nothing's going to get in my way. And is this, is this literally a mantra that you have? Like, do you wake up each morning with this mantra? Like today, I'm not failing today. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it today. You know, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I pray a simple little, like, you know, keep me safe throughout the day, help me to be positive and motivated. And just, just a quick little, and that really just sets before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. And when I wake up, it's just something I just do. And it just puts me in the mindset of like, and here's another really, really interesting thing that I've learned is my mantra now is stop asking why. Yeah, right. I used to ask why all the time when something didn't happen. I'd be like, why this and why that? And I learned from somebody, he said, stop asking why and start saying thank you for anything that happens. I was like, what about the bad stuff? He was like, be thankful even for the bad things that happen. And I was like, gosh, that's kind of a hard mindset. Once you lock that in, it's like it's like the spiritual release that right now at this stage, I'm literally open to anything happening to me. And because of that, like majority of the time, only good things happen because I have that mindset of just being open and being ready for anything. 
That's powerful, man. That's, that's yeah. Cause uh, you know, you hear a lot of people that, uh, you know, whether it's spiritual prayer, meditation, uh, even with, um, Kiala, you know, she was talking about yeah. med- she's huge into meditation. You know what I mean? I think there's something really into that because it totally gets you, um, j- just in line, you know, with mind, body, spirit, and what exactly you're about to receive. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It's like exercise for the brain. Right. You know, it's like you gotta. What does Gary say? You can't talk about push-ups. You gotta do them, <laughs> right? So, like push-ups for the brain or push-ups for the spirit, right? Yep, that's pretty cool. Okay, so sorry, I got you. There, welcome. <laughs> so, uh, so okay, get us to the salon guy. Like, how'd that come up and all that and, and all that good stuff? So, you read the yeah. book, Crush It, and that that was your roadmap. Yep, that was a roadmap. And coming up with the name was very interesting. I'm like, what do I call myself, the salon guy? I guess you know. And uh, I've learned to realize that I'm I am fairly good at names and marketing and branding and stuff like that. So I was like, I'm the salon guy. And I, it was, it was available. The domain was available. Um, and, and it just really, you know, step one is, you know, read the book and get a video camera. So putting yourself out there and I started doing motivational videos. It wasn't even haircuts. It was like how to find a good salon to work at or how to be better at customer service or how to love what you do. I wasn't even doing hair until somebody was like, we want to see you cut hair. I was like, really? <laughs> you want to watch me cut it, cut hair on the internet? And then I did my first like video. I think it was like a balayage video. And then I did like, like this texturizing technique and video. And the next thing you know, it was like, uh, start a Facebook page. And this is really the key factor of what really jumpstarted me is putting out the content um, building up an audience and starting a Facebook page and keeping track of how many people were liking my stuff. And I said, if I can inspire one person and, and really connect with that one person and get the feedback that I'm onto something. So I had a goal of one, right? Right. And that, that one person on Facebook was like, I'm watching your videos. You're so inspiring to me. I said, that's it, man. That's all I needed. And that made that connection to me to say, I can turn that one into, you know, 50, then a hundred. And then now millions have, you know, watch my stuff. I think I'm over 90 million views or something like that. So oh, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. 90 million views for everything. Yeah. yeah. I was checking that out. It was like 89 right on the 90 million mark. Yeah. Like, oh, right. so he lied a little bit. So he's only at 89 million, closer to 90 than he is 89. He's certainly, yeah. he's certainly closer to 90 than we are. <laughs> <laughs> he's closer to 90 than we are nine. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so I, all, hold on before you go on, dude, big, yeah. big high fives, man, big oh, like thanks. screen high five. That, that's incredible. <laughs> how, how do we get to 90 million? Let's go. That's nine and a half years of nonstop, dude. So, I mean, you know, nonstop the journey. And so everybody has to go through a phase of understanding what it is they're doing. So whether it's podcasting, spending eight months of doing it, getting the kinks out, building it up to finally understanding how you actually can do it. And I had really, really good advice early on when I was going out to hair shows, interviewing Bob, the salon owner, and people were like, hey, it's Steven, the salon guy. It's so cool. One of my friends who was on TV on a a show many, many years ago, he goes like, dude, you have to start interviewing people that are much bigger than you, celebrities, reality people, whatever you can do, attach yourself to people much bigger than you. I'm like, but I'm interviewing, you know, hair industry people. He's like, no, no, no. The world doesn't know hair industry people. The world knows TV people and celebrities and all this. I'm like, really? How the hell do I do that? Start going to big events. Start going to fashion week stuff. Start going to, I said, how the hell do I do that? And he goes, you apply for credentials. And I was like, really? That's simple? 
Next thing you know, I'm at, you know, Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week interviewing backstage, you know, I'm at the Oscars and I'm on TV. And it's just the buildup of like, oh my gosh, like attaching myself to stuff much bigger than I am really helped jumpstart my name, the salon guys, who I am. And that started building the resume of like, now Steven's not with, um, you know, Bob, the salon owner, but oh, he's interviewing Regis or, oh, he's on Good Morning America or he's on this. So it's like, but that didn't come easy. That required a lot of, you know, hustle and communicating with people and getting denied to go to events and trying to interview celebrities and getting the nose. And dude, it's just the, the, the sweat equity and the, the pain and the hustle and the, the just, I can't take this anymore. Right. Pushing through all that, man. I'm going to call that the Jersey hustle, man. That's, <laughs> it is. that's the Jersey hustle. It is. And then so, finally, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Sorry. So uh, multiple people, a couple people tell you, no, like, how do you, like, how does that not matter? Like, like, how do you have enough wherewithal or, or, or hustle to kind of get through that? I mean, that's, that's where a lot of people get tripped up. You know I mean? I think I can speak probably for the three of us because I think it's a human um, behavior is like, how do you not get tripped up when you hear no? You know, like you mentioned, Gary loves hearing no's. Um, I used to hate no's. No's used, used to really bring me down, man. Yeah, no and, and that's they used to bring me down. I say, I say, why that guy or why that girl would get it and not me? You know, I'm better. And it, it really started to bring me down. But you just early on, I had to like, I was so excited that one yes made up for like the 20 no's. You know what I mean? That one opportunity that I was doing stuff that actually became bigger than what the other people were doing, even though they kept getting yeses for everything. And I was like, wait, here's that one big opportunity that just outweighs all the other stuff that I was complaining about, you know what I mean? Right. And, and being worried about. Uh, and also, again, it's, it's, it's just that internal mindset of like, how strong can you be? What's your, your barrier, your emotional barrier of like, just like in a relationship, putting up a wall and not wanting to get heartbroken, be able to get through it. It's the same thing. It's like having a relationship with whatever, you know, it's like, I could say I can get turned down and bounce right back up and go to the next gig or the next person. Right. I take, I take no's as not yet. Right. Like when we <laughs> talk to people and they're like, yeah, maybe not at this point, you know, um, we, uh, I, I certainly, that's my mindset is like, not yeah. okay, okay, well, we'll get to you. You know, now it becomes a challenge. Now it becomes that little chip on my shoulder to be like, all right. And not in a kind of an arrogant way, but just kind of like, all right, well, we're not there yet, but we'll get there. You know? Yeah. I was going to say, just about that, think about it's better to have 20 no's than one no, because think about this. Those 20 no's when you tried 20 times, right? Mm-hmm. It's better to have a bunch of no's than just one no, because that's, you're actually putting the work in. That, that, that's actually incredible advice, right? Yeah, we appreciate you know? that. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> At the end of the day, you had a vision, right? I mean, you knew exactly where you wanted to go with it. Yeah, I mean, it's a good question, because like, you know, I started putting out videos on YouTube and it was haircutting stuff. And I'm like, people want to see this, you know, my, you, my niche is very unique because I wasn't just doing how to cut a layered bob or how to do, you know, a face frame. I was literally recreating celebrity haircuts, you know, sports players, musicians, actors, actresses. Like I was recreating those looks, which no one was really doing in a sense of, you know, actually physically cutting the hair and doing that. So I created a really unique niche where it was a combination of like, yeah, how to cut a layered haircut or how to do like, you know, Brad Pitt's haircut or how to do Angelina Jolie's hair or whatever, whatever celebrity or something. Actually, you know what? That's kind of genius because, you know, I mean, certainly as hairdressers, you know, we get 
you know, people bring in magazines and, you know, the, it's the celebrity of the month, you know, who, yep. how, how do you do this haircut or how do you do this? And by you niching yourself, that's actually pretty incredible because, you know, I know that if I were to get a haircut suggestion that I didn't know how to do, and if you jumped on and, you know, how to do, yeah, you know, whoever right. the flavor it's of the month is. Young and, hairdressers all the time, or, you know what I mean? They get in and, and, or they know, you know, this particular haircut's popular now. So, you know, you're going to get a lot of haircuts that, you know, clients are going to say, Hey, can I get the new, the, when we grew up, the Jennifer Aniston, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and, right. So they're going to get on, you're right. Look at the how to's and, you know, Oh, that, 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 that's genius, Steven. Thanks dude. And when the only reason I was doing that is because that was the element I put myself in. I was the salon guy, you know, going to the Oscars and the salon guy with celebrities. So it was like, I be, I started be, becoming an entertainment type niche, like my own thing. And, and right. what's really, really important is that throughout all of this, I did it on my own. I wasn't in bed with any magazine, any brand company, any whatever. I chose that, you know, I want to be Steven the salon guy and get here on my own, you know? And, and it was, I have a very unique niche, even to this day. Like, and, and if you look on YouTube, there's other platforms, other, you know, channels and talented people that are kind of doing what I started many years ago is doing the recreation of the celebrity haircuts and which is awesome. It's great to see so many people, but like, if you really peel it back, it's like, geez, you know, it, it, you know, and, and that's still my niche. Like it's, yeah. and it's actually frustrating sometimes, but it's still my niche. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess, you know, to kind of talk to like where Tony and I are in this path. I mean, like, how do you, without putting yourself in bed with like either one of the big companies or one of the magazines or something, how did you go about monetizing? Have you monetized it? First question. And then second question is, you know, how do you go about monetizing it? Well, you start to, you start to realize and look at strategy. So how I start, I spent three or four years not knowing how to make any money as a salon guy. And like people would ask me to go cover their event, right? Like, oh, we have a, you know, a red carpet event and we want you to be there. And I'm like, okay. And I'd give my camera guy, I'm like, here's 20 bucks for like gas. But it was no money involved. Going to all the red carpet events and the hair shows and the fashion, this and that, no money whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, until I started to learn like, oh, I'm going to the Oscars. Does anybody want to sponsor my video so I can put their logo up? Like how often are you going to be attached to the Oscars so-and-so company? There's got to be a value to it. I would try these little one-off things here and there with trying to make you know some sponsor stuff. Then I'm going to all these hair shows. Uh, and then I started to realize I can start doing this type of stuff for brands and for hair shows. Next thing you know, salon centric. Are, like, are those brands within the industry? Yeah. 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 Okay. Beauty, beauty companies, beauty brands. Next thing you know, I'm like, wait, salon centric wants me to like manage the media for all their shows now. I'm like, okay. So, you know, companies like that were hiring me to create that Hollywood type in, environment, do the red carpet stuff, bring that Hollywood celebrity element to the hair shows and start amping them up and creating, you know, event videos and highlights and interviews. And the next thing you know, it just kept branching out to then individual companies want to work with me. Right. So the way it's been monetized is utilizing my brand and my expertise and my experience, you know, as a service. Um, YouTube is another way that, you know, it takes a long time to monetize on YouTube unless you're like an overnight sensation getting like 3 million views a day. Right. But, um, but yeah, so now I'm fully in 100% on my own monetizing um, with actually those three things that I do to monetize my business. You want to um, jump into those three? Yeah. I mean, I've got my YouTube channel, which is one, mm-hmm. um, working with companies and brands, you know, doing consulting and strategic 
um, content creation right. and my hair products. So okay. all three of those are really the main source of income right now. And, you know, I'm a hundred percent all in on my own. I used to work in salons, you know, for most of my life, my biggest challenge was how do I go from working part-time in a salon to being a hundred percent on my own. And sometimes things happen in life that give you that clear vision. Um, and recently, like, I've like, you know what, I'm a hundred percent on my own. So that's amazing because a lot of times when, especially when you get as popular as you were or are, uh, companies will try to, uh, sign you and, and take your independence, right. They want you to sign on and, and get a, an exclusive or when you were, uh, branching out like that, did people try to lock you down? Right. Yeah. And that's a good question. And kind of sometimes, yes, sometimes no, I think because a lot of like hair companies realized that I wasn't like, I was kind of my own entity. You know, I wasn't really doing those types of things. Um, I would, I was more interested in doing like sponsorship type collaborations or like, no. And sometimes I'm like, why, why didn't, why am I not the spokesperson for so-and-so company? There's reasons, man. Some reasons I can't really explain sometimes. Maybe it's my, my bad hair. <laughs> I, don't I don't know what it is. I mean, who knows why, but it's, I don't even question that anymore. I mean, I'm, right. you know, I'm, I'm working just as hard now to work with um, co- bigger companies and bigger brands, which most of the time will go unseen. Right. There's a lot of times I'm not even posting stuff because it's more about them. You know, I'm not even involved, you know? That's awesome. That is pretty awesome. I mean, anyone that can kind of figure that out. I mean, again, you know, speaking for us, we're kind of in that process now. And, um, you know, right now we're, I think we're even before that, you know, we are, we're, we're trying to figure out who the salon guy is and are, you know, who, who is, who is our podcast? Who do we, what do we stand for and stuff? You know, we're definitely working on that branding uh, or that brand, you mm-hmm. know? So, um, you know, I don't know what's next, you know, for us as far as monetization, but that's, that's really, that, that's good advice. I mean, certainly for us, even if I cut this all out of the podcast, it's still yeah. <laughs> good advice for us. You know, yeah. But you know, the, this, the podcast is about guys like you, you know what I mean? That, yeah. that came from our industry and is making a positive impact either on the industry or, you know, somehow carving away or paving a way for, for other people uh, that want to do or like-minded like you that want to do the yeah, th- same absolutely. things that you're doing. That's, yep. you know, if you think about it, our, our industry is so incredible, you know, because we all kind of start off, you know, uh, behind the chair and just, you know, even the people that we've talked to or the people that we have coming up, just like the incredible uh, avenues that our industry gives you, you know, it's like, it, I can't think of an avenue that hasn't been covered in our industry, you know, you know, from any industry. You could do something in any industry. You could be a chef and build a social media platform. You could be a landscaper. I know you men are real estate people that are coming to me, follow me on Instagram that are DMing me and ask. I'm like, I mean, it's real estate. You can do anything in any industry, man. You know, <laughs> there you go, man. Right. That's impressive. Right? <laughs> that is pretty impressive. So, so, okay. So let's go back, get back on track. So, you know, you read the book, you built this, this social media empire. So how did you connect with Gary V or, you know, get put into his new book? Yeah. 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 That should be a shout out. So the new book crushing it, which was released in January. I think, mm-hmm. uh, I think Mr. Steven Marinero, the salon guy, I think he actually has a page in there or so. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, so I'll tell you my strategy with Gary. Um, it's a really, really interesting strategy. I actually used a you know, tactic that Gary's always promoted to connect with him, but it took me about a year to a year and a half for him to even get to notice who I was. And in the salon industry, I don't think anyone had heard of Gary Vaynerchuk because you know I learned about Gary that had nothing to do with the salon industry. 
And I started promoting and saying to him, saying like, Gary's awesome. Gary's awesome. I crush it. I was promoting his book, Crush It. Mm-hmm. I was asking people in the salon industry, you know, do you know who Gary Vaynerchuk was? And they're like, who's that? Is he a hairstylist? And this was like nine and a half years ago. Right. So I think a lot of people knew who he was. And if they did, that's awesome. But I don't think anyone did, you know? Right. Uh, and then I started promoting his book. I'm like, this is the most amazing book, Crush It. And, and people were like, really? Like, I'm going to get that book. And reading the book and learning about Twitter and all sorts of stuff, like I would try to send him tweets here and there. And then it became like a mission of mine. Like, oh, I just want to meet him. And if I can just like shake his hand one day. And, and then it literally about like a year or so after trying to connect with him, somehow I sent him, I think it was an email or something like that. And um, I was just like, hey, man, like, I'm a really big fan of yours. And I live near your store wine library. And like, I love to go down there and just like, and I think he responded. He was like, oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, go down and check the store out. It's amazing. Now, I think what triggered that was because I mentioned I want to go down to the store and buy some wine. So maybe he was like, oh, this guy, I'm going to get some sales from this guy. So (laughs) he was very interested in that. Now, I went to the store wine library and I asked his brother-in-law, um, worked there and I met him and uh we connected and he showed me all around the store and I bought some wine and all sorts of stuff and uh I was leaving the store and I literally got to my car and I turned around I said what the hell am I doing I put the wine in my car I went back into the store and I said hey Justin which is his name I said let's take a photo together So I took a photo with Justin and I tagged Wine Library and I tagged Gary. I said, I have to do something that Gary has been talking about and not be afraid to do it. Right. I took, I took the photo of Gary, of uh, Justin, sent it to Gary. He retweeted. He's like, that's amazing. And then that is what started the connection of like, wow, now he knows I'm legit. I'm buying stuff. I'm, I'm not just like, you know, so then it went from that to just like, you know, he did like some live uh, YouTube live thing and he had me on because you talked about people that bought Crush It like we're talking so long ago. Right, right, um, right. And then it's just been a long journey of over the years of never taking advantage of like our relationship. Just sometimes I'd be like, hey, what's your advice on this? I'll email him or, you know, a little like a lot of things here and there that just kind of kept private. I didn't really, you know, try to take advantage of him asking every five minutes a question. Right. And just over the years, man, nine and a half years, just connecting and him being there for me and, you know, a couple little things here and there like that we did together. And, you know, so finally um, about, I think it was last year or something like that. He did a, a video um, on YouTube and he asked me to be in his book, um, mm-hmm. which, which he was in a call, um, crushed it, not crushing it, crushed it. Right. And I posted that video on YouTube, on my Instagram of when he was like, I want to, you know, have you be a part of this book. And I think I was like the first guy that he asked because he knows what I've been doing for the last nine and a half years. All right. Like, That's incredible. Yeah. And then, you know, he put me in the book and um, he's been, you know, he's been shouting me out a lot more lately. Um, like at this event I was at in Toronto, he just randomly, he was like, yeah, YouTube works for a salon guy. And I put that, I made like a little meme thing out of it, just out of the blue. Um, and he shouted me out on Facebook the other day in one of his lives. So oh, that's so cool. Yeah. It's just, it's just being there and, you know, constantly like letting him know that you are around and building the trust. And so he can see you're actually doing something. And um, it's taken a long time, man, but that's how it started. <laughs> Obviously he has to be like a proud pop, right? Like, cause yeah, you've been yeah. doing it since the book crush it came out. 
and now 90 million <laughs> views <laughs> later, later right, yeah. right that's like man that's yeah. and it's interesting he said there. yeah what he said to me a couple i think it was like a month and a half ago or something i saw him and I, and he goes i said gary man you know it's crazy he goes dude look at how far you've come since you first started and this is one thing he's always said to me he goes it's patience man it's patience see what patience gets you wow and and it is but but I'm, I believe in that, but I've also been saying lately that patience is painful. <laughs> it's not easy. Most people don't want to be that patient. Right. Like they want to be patient for like a week. Mm-hmm. I've been patient for nine and a half years, <laughs> you yeah. know? That's awesome. So and consistency, you've been consistent as well. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's all about being consistent and, and, you know, I, I hope when we get to that tap out, um, that tap, that tap out mode that we, uh, we don't, right. That we don't tap out, that we, that we endure and get our uh, elbow dislocated, like, uh, <laughs> Misha Tate or something. Well, <laughs> it really, you know, it really goes, there's so many, there's so many things about all of this stuff about like, where did I get the mindset from? Like I told you, I left the salon industry and I went through some like pretty intense stuff that made me, have this like mindset of like, don't give up and nothing stands in your way and like all this crazy stuff. And like, once you experience things in life, it's just like, you're kind of, it's kind of, it's in you. You know what I mean? Like you right. can't, can't be taken away from you. So, but I've also made a lot of sacrifices, man. This is the part that most people don't want to hear is I made a lot of sacrifices. I was a 20 plus year nightclub DJ. I had this amazing social you know, social scene. I was, you know, the popular guy. I was the nightclub DJ and everybody mm-hmm. wanted to hang and the girls and the party and everything. But like, I've given up the nightlife. I've given up a lot of my social life. It's, and Gary says this all the time, being an entrepreneur is not glamorous. Nope. There's a lot of people that are extremely depressed. There's been times where I've gone into a little bit of a dark hole because I'm like, oh my gosh, all I'm doing, I mean, seven days a week I work. And usually I'm up at like 6 a.m. and I'm getting in bed by like, 12 to 1 a.m. like every day right and 90 percent of the time i'm working and whether it's whatever it is it all has to relate back to my brand you know what i mean right so i have a staff of people now you know i have all sorts of stuff going on that like if you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to succeed you have to put the work in you have to make the sacrifices you have to realize hanging out at a bar five nights a week at happy hour might not really get you where you not need to be. <laughs> it's going to get you exactly where you don't need to be, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'll be cool, but like, you know. <laughs> so, um, let's talk about your product a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty interested in that. You've been, um, at least you know, from my familiarity with you, um, you've been uh, pushing that for the last few months. Um, is this something new, or have you had the product line around for a while? Or um... there's a, there's a great backstory to the whole product line. So when I first started doing my YouTube videos, I would, I was a big uh, Paul Mitchell guy. I used to be an educator for Paul Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And for L'Oreal many years ago. And I was like a big Paul Mitchell guy. So everything I used with Paul Mitchell when I'd be like using in my videos, then I was like, maybe I should use some other stuff. And then it got to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm not going to mention any products that I'm using. I'll use them. And in my comments, all I kept seeing was what product was that? What product was that? Well, I'm like, this is, I need to have my own stuff. I'm right. like, if people are so interested in what I'm using mm-hmm. and everybody wants to know it, I need to have my own product. So Actually, about three, about three and a half years ago, um, I started um, my products. And the whole process is reaching out to manufacturers, finding, finding people who you know, want to work with you, finding ones you know, I can't afford you know, 
50,000 pieces of product in one. I mean, there's so many different ways to go about doing it. Right. Um, a friend of mine, actually, he was somebody who knew that I met was a chemist. Um, and he actually had a lab in New Jersey. Um, and I went to his lab and I said, look, man, let's, if you want to partner up with each other, I need to make some products. And he right. believed in me. He believed in like, you know, the concept of, you know, social media is new and YouTube and stuff like that. And we made like a shampoo conditioner. He made it right there in front of me. Um, and it was going to be like a shampoo, a conditioner, and then a couple of styling products and stuff. Actually, I still have in the container, the original, um, shampoo and conditioner in a jar. I, I'm, I'm going to hold on to that stuff till you know, it explodes or something like that. Um, like your first dollar, like that you have framed, you know, when you open a business. Yeah. He has a box of shampoo and conditioner. Yep. Sadly, the, the gentleman who, um, I started with like passed away. He took his own, he took his life like a year ago hmm. and I had no idea because we actually had broken up the relationship because he was like, he went from going all in to like, Oh, it's too risky for me. Right. So I'm like, what, what, this is ridiculous. So I didn't do anything. And then I started reaching out to other manufacturers and, you know, building up the brand. And as of right now, I have, um, you know, some really new boutique products. I have a dog shampoo called Woof. Which is like, yeah, this stuff I'm telling you is probably the best dog shampoo. I've, I've had dog enthusiasts like test this stuff out and they're like, dude, this is the best I've ever used. I have some new products, like a new clay, uh, a couple new clays, some pomades, a, a children's two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to some candles. I'm focusing a little more on the boutique stuff. Right. I do have a lot of, you know, some salons that carry my stuff, but I'm more of a like direct to consumer type thing. So it's like, I'm not trying to compete with all like the big hair brands. No, um, I, I have worked for some of them and I, I do feel my stuff is better, I think than some, but I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to compete with them. You know what I mean? So right. my angle is like, Hey man, if you watch my YouTube channel, you watch my products, buy it directly from me. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Gary V right hook, right? Yeah. <laughs> jab, 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 right hook. Pretty much. And I don't even promote my, honestly, I barely promote my products, man. I barely sit there and shove that stuff down people's face. Like I should do a lot more of it. Yeah. I noticed as I was watching your videos and stuff like that, I noticed that your product, like you said, you don't promote them, but man, they, they sure get a lot of views. Yeah. Yeah. The views are cool. I mean, it definitely helps. You know, I think YouTube is the number one driving source of um, sales when it comes to my, uh, but if you look at it right now, you know, who's my biggest competition. It's not like the Paul Mitchell's or it's not like, Aveda or it's not any of these like Redkin. It's the 21 year old dude who lives at home, has rich friends and rich parents who is making a hair product and becoming a YouTube sensation because of they have nice hair, uh-huh. giving, giving professional hair advice when they're not professionals or not hairstylists <laughs> and people and getting worshiped by people from all over the world, YouTube kids um, that are making hair products simply because they have nice hair and they know something with money. That's my competition. It's a whole different world that I live in, dude, like the social media influencer stuff. And most industry people have no idea who these people are. Right. You know, but I do because that's who I'm up against. <laughs> I mean, I want, you, you, you kind of have to question if that's the future of product sales. Yep. Yep. You kind of have to wonder if, um, you know, I mean, the internet has opened up a lot of independence. Is, is that the next like path of independence is like through independent products and stuff? There's a lot of stylists doing it. There's a lot of stylists going on their own. There's celebrities now coming out with hair products and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's, I just saw something today where a client could formulate their own product and have it made 
and have it shipped to them as this new company. I'm like, are you, it's, it's are you serious? Yep. That's yep. pretty. That's pretty scary, really, if you think about it. I know. You know. So, I know. but you know, what are you gonna do? You know, uh, you can sit back and you know blame uh, blame the millennials, or you know you can keep uh, pushing forward or moving forward with it. So, you know, if that's yeah. the next phase, then you know better learn it because it's not going anywhere, right? Yeah. Yep. And there and and dude, I hope I'm sure you have a bunch more questions, but there's I mean there's so much stuff I we can talk about. You know. Yeah. Um, what do you want to talk about? Let's get into it. Well, when it comes to um, the industry, right? Mm-hmm. How long have you guys been in the industry for? Um, we both started about as long as you have. I think we both started uh, hair school in like 91, 92. Uh-huh. 91, 91, definitely 91. Have you, ended up, have you worked for, for companies and stuff as like an educator or like? No, I've never really, we've never, neither one of us has really worked for a, uh, one of the corporate companies. Yeah, I've worked for two. L'Oreal mm-hmm. when I was 20 years old. Yep. <laughs> um, and Paul Mitchell for about three years each, three or four years each, you know, working for those companies. Let's, so as you guys know, right, you work with assistants, I'm sure. And there's so yep. many different things about salons and there's big statistics of why they're shutting down, you know. Um, and there's a lot of kids coming out of hair school right now that just think that they're the best thing. You know, they post some photos on Instagram and they think like, Oh, I'm going to be, I, I, you know, I'm the best there is. And I'm like, wait, what? Like (laughs) you haven't paid any, any dues. You know, I had a mentor many years ago and he made me go interview 75 salons. And I goes out of those 75 salons, I want you to narrow it down to two and then pick the one that you're going to work at. I said, first of all, you're crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And he goes, and you have like a month to do it. I said, how is that even possible? He goes, just so you know, there's 50 salons within two towns of you. I'm like, what? He goes, I don't care what types of salons they are. I don't care who, but go interview them and rate them from one to five. That literally was like getting an MBA. Like what that did for me was I went into some of the biggest salons in New York City to some of the like most hole in the wall salons and like the town over, you know? Right. And I learned so much just from watching and observing and hearing what these salons were doing. And then I would work in like the worst places ever that this guy would put me in. I'd be like, oh, I love this place. The one I picked. He's like, oh, it's a great place. I know it. Go in there. You'll do great. After like two months, I'm like, I'm miserable. Literally miserable. And I'm like, I'm, I'm being told to clean toilets. And I'm, I feel like I'm a janitor, not a hairstylist. Like right. literally went through living hell. So then get put into another salon that was just as bad. After three years of literally working in like horrible salons, he goes, okay, now you're ready. I go, ready for what? This guy used to work for L'Oreal. He goes, now you know what not to do. <laughs> right. I was like, <laughs> Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> but, but I know, but I have to tell you, man, that was probably the biggest lesson I've ever learned in my life right. was seeing the worst of the worst and now realizing that I don't ever want people to feel like that or ever go through that. So a lot of these people are starting to work. They think that they're the best ever and they have no experience. They've worked in one slot. There's a lot of owners or stylists who have only owned one place or worked in one place. And it's like, and if they're, if they're on the verge of failing, it's because they don't really have a structure. They don't have a culture. Right. I mean, that's hardcore industry stuff, which I don't know if you guys like talking about that, but it's, what's your take on that? I mean, well, first of all, one of the words that you said that I absolutely love is culture, you know, mm-hmm. and how to build that. I mean, we've been, um, I think pretty fortunate because, uh, 
we actually worked there for a salon. I worked there for 14 years. Tony worked there for 20 years, but um, we split up a little bit a few years ago and now we're back together. But, um, but all the salons that I've worked like in, the band's back together. The band's back together. The Beatles are back. <laughs> <laughs> That's so overstated. We're like a garage band. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but both of the salons that I've worked at um, previous to the salon that we're in now, um, we're actually in a studio situation now, but the two salons that we were in before actually had great culture. And um, they, they did very, very well with their brand. I mean, we were talking about branding back in like 93, 94, wow. you know, with our, with, with, with the big company that we, um, a big local chain that we work with. But they weren't big when we started. They, they had two salons. He wanted to, to expand. And we, I remember having to see this. Well, if we're going to get larger, we need to create a culture. We need to yeah. create, you know what I mean? We need to create, create an educational team. Uh, as we grow, we all are kind of on the same page yeah. and uh you know he was yeah he wasn't a, a guy that kind of you know wanted things his way and you got to do it like this he allowed his his team to be creative and and take it and, and just be able to develop a company very open-minded like that and, and we were able to create that culture for him and uh be a part of it yeah, yeah certainly and like he said i was there for 20 years and and when I left there, I went into a studio situation and that's when Corey joined me over where we are. But like you said, 93, 94, we, you know, and talk about branding and culture and stuff like that. So it's cool. We, we watch the growth. <laughs> what, what do you think about, you know, we kind of briefly talked about this at one, another point is what do you think about like where social media is going for the industry? Because, you know, my opinion, and then um, I'd love to hear your take is, YouTube is probably the hardest platform to build up. And I can just tell you that straight off the bat. I, agree. I mean, it's so big and there's so much white noise there. I mean, if you put in hair in, in, in there now, it, you know, it's just how long before you find the salon guy or, or whomever, right? Right. There's so much white noise now. Um, YouTube is probably definitely the hardest. Uh, not only is it the hardest kind of to build an audience, but it's also the hardest to produce. Yeah. The, the amount of camera gear, I have tens of thousands of dollars in camera gear. Like it's ridiculous. I have my own studio. So I have the salon guy studios, which was a hair salon that I converted into like a studio, like my media studio. I, mm-hmm. I'll see private clients here and there and I have my warehouse in the back for like my products and stuff. So I've transformed and created my own studio. And I learned how to do that from YouTube because YouTube has a studio in New York city, which I go to pretty often to film. And I was like, I need to create my own YouTube space. So I created like my own YouTube space and that's kind of what I have. And I mean, yeah, you can make sick videos from your iPhone, right. but you know, your brands aren't going to be hiring you if you're doing stuff off your iPhone. They want to see full production crew and all that. So, you know, it's a big investment as far as like really going all in. Right. Um, but like Instagram, for example, you can become a very popular Instagrammer by just posting great photos of your work and just being tied into the industry and being in bed with companies and like, there's, it's, I'm going to say it's easy, but there's like a lot more opportunity to become famous just through Instagram, right? Sure. You sure. don't necessarily have to work as hard to be uh, more popular on Instagram as you do have, you know, on YouTube. Right. But I mean, is that, I, again, I mean, I, 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 I disagree with Steven in this, in the sense that, um, you know, to be, to be with companies because, you know, I think, I think Instagram has opened up, you know, the independent movement. Yes. You know, and that way, yes, you're right. You're right on that. You know, yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely opened up the independent move. I mean, just the independent hairdresser, just the, the independent education that's available, just the, uh, just the independence. 
you know, I think, I think it makes it easier for the big companies to sit back and say, you know what, this guy has momentum. Look at, you know, he has X amount of following. We'll go out, <laughs> reach at, you know, and, and get, grab him and bring him on our team. So sure. it makes it easier for the big companies to see who's making noise. Well, it yeah. absolutely does, right? But I mean, when we were coming up, you know, you had the same eight heads on the same stages at every single hair show, at every single whatever. And now, you know, it was so hard to break into that. I mean, honestly, Stephen, I had no clue how many unbelievable hairdressers were in this country, you know, because who you see who are the unbelievable ones, again, are those same eight heads. And you're like, wow, that guy or that girl is fantastic. But now you crack open Instagram and I'm like, you know, holy, holy cow, look at everybody. You know, I mean, I, I use the joke of Justin and Boise, but, you know, now Justin and Boise is relevant. You don't have to be a Manhattan hairdresser. You don't have to be an L.A. hairdresser. You know, it's just it's incredible the work that I see. I mean, you know, I, I feel less of a hairdresser after being on Instagram, you know, just because the talent is just just incredible, really. I mean, I'm 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 enthused by the industry and where, where we're going. And I'm kind of glad that I'm learning at this point in my career just to kind of watch it happen. Yeah. I agree, man. I agree. Um, when, and you're right about the Instagram stuff because there is a whole movement and maybe that might be their only way. Maybe somebody can't afford like $30,000 in equipment or maybe somebody, sure. you know, I mean, so I, 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 I get mean, who it. Can, really? Who can afford that? I know. Who wants ridiculous. Can do it's that. ridiculous. That's um, ridiculous. Like yeah, right. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm living out of my car, but I have really good cameras. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's the struggle. Exactly. Uh, but no, I mean, like, you're right. And it is a great way for independence. And there's a lot of people that are maybe getting sponsored posts, you know, so each, each platform has its own unique thing. You know, you can make a ton of money by doing Instagram posts and sponsored posts. And I've done a a couple with companies like here and there, but like my, my Instagram is probably the smallest as when it comes to numbers. I mean, like, you know, Twitter, I'm okay. Facebook, I'm okay. It doesn't compare to over 500 K on YouTube. (laughs) You know, K. Yeah, 500k plus i mean that can't be celebrated enough you know it's so funny when it happened too because i wanted to have like this big celebration and i was like on the couch at like my sister's house for like some family event i'm just sitting <laughs> there going oh it just just happened right now <laughs> i'm like wow it was so <laughs> random but you know now it's like road to a million you know wow I but like um it. yeah but you but you get a know, t-shirt road to a million yeah <laughs> yeah but, you know, anybody, like you're saying, so the independence, right? I think there's a lot more stylists out there that are just sick of working for, like, bosses who have no idea what the hell they're doing. And there's a lot of salon owners who are amazing. And guess what? All the amazing people work for those guys or, those, or the whether they're men or women who own the salon, right? The, 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 person, the stylist who's really locked in and knows what, how, what they're doing, like, they're pretty much settled in. The ones who want to be more independent, all this stuff is a great way for people to build their own brand, right? To build their own name. Like for you guys, where do you take it from here? Well, think about this. Like I, I know a couple of hairstylists that are trying to start podcasts too. Where are they going to take it? So like a vision for you guys is how far do you want to take it? You know what I mean? That's, that's the big question is how far, how much time and patience are you willing to put in? Cause you can sit there and make like 50 podcast episodes and they're so amazing and they're so sick and maybe get like, you know, say a hundred listeners each podcast listening and then at the end of it you're like okay what do we do with this like we've spent like countless amounts of hours we had fun doing it but like it's brought us zero money we've spent money putting into it like yeah that's that's when you start to think of it as a business and where you can take it is where you that's what i did for myself Mm -hmm. i spent years making no money until i realized how the hell do i make money with this but the only reason i was able to was because 
I brought on, I, I attached myself to Hollywood celebrities and much things that were much bigger than I am. So you bringing on big heavy hitters is something that could be pretty big for you guys and doing more of the interviewing like on camera and stuff like that. The podcast thing is really, really picking up, especially for a lot of these, these younger people. Uh, book that spent four years getting ready and um, I had a book deal. I actually broke away from the book deal and I've decided to go on my own now and I'm partnering with this publishing company who's like partnered with Amazon or something. And mm -hmm. it's, I have the ISBN number now it's going into full production mm -hmm. and Gary doesn't do this for anyone. He gave me a quote to oh. like an endorsement for my book. Yay. So on the freaking cover of the book, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to use his tactic. I'm going to be like, Hey man, you know, you know, that's like getting an endorsement from Oprah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. You know, so, but, um, so tell but, our listeners um, how they can uh, uh, find you, um, find the book eventually to, to keep in contact with you or learn more about you. Yeah, man. Thanks for, for that. Uh, uh, my website, the salon guy.com. The salon guy is actually a registered trademark, like an actual registered trademark. So um, all my branding is consistent throughout everything. The salon guy, all one word, uh, no spaces. And my book is, is called, is going to be called brand you. And it's an autobiography about all my life experiences and how you can take all the experiences you've had in your life to create a brand for yourself. And every chapter of the book is like a different phase in my life from like childhood to schooling to like the nightlife to like different careers I've been in and then business people who have read it so far, like I've just like, I let them read it. They're like, dude, it's like reading a movie. Wow. Every, it's, it's so crazy. Cause I was going to name it 50 shades of Steven, but I, I can't, <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> but, uh, but there's some pretty intense stuff in there, man. Um, so yeah, that's it, man. And, and I love interacting with people on Instagram. Like mm -hmm. DMs are cool. Like I try to respond to people on YouTube. They can subscribe to my YouTube channel, the Salon Guy. And but I appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to, you know, to shout myself out, man. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. That's what we're about, man. Yeah, we appreciate you, man. We appreciate you know the honesty, the keeping it real with us and and our listeners. And uh, you know, we're subscribers. And we're going to continue to follow you. Yeah, Actually, you know, when the book comes out, you should probably come back on and we'll do a, we'll do a quick, like 10 minute, like spot with it. I'll, I'll send you guys one. You know what I mean? I just, I, when it comes out, I think I'm only getting a certain amount of copies with a, but um, I'll make sure I hold one. Uh, Mr. Uh, Stephen Marinero, the salon guy. Thank you very much for joining us on your day off. Thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. You guys are great. And uh, it's been a lot of fun, man. Thank you. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. That's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>